Hi everybody, welcome to Born on This Day. Today we're celebrating all things April 25th, including you if you have a birthday today. Happy birthday. As always, I'm Amanda Barker. I'm Marco Timpano. And first thing on our list today is what holiday is it? Well, believe it or not, it's National DNA Day. Oh wow. In the United States, that is. On this day in 1953, James Watson and Francis Crick formally announced their discovery of deoxyribonucleic acid DNA. Well done, Amanda. Well, I took biology in grade 12. Um, In a short letter published in the science journal, Nature. If you fast forward to 1990, when the scientists around the world begin to uh, began mapping the human genome, that was an exciting moment that we were alive for. Um, And it was known, of course, as the Human Genome Project with approximately 2,000 scientists in six countries setting to work mapping the nucleotides in human DNA. In the process, the project learned that humans share genes with other species. Didn't see that coming, except we so did. Um, Some of the species the project mapped out included yeast, mice, mice, sorry, the fruit fly, all species commonly studied in science already. And when we look at what DNA has done, it has solved, um, it has found killers. Yes. Uh, in serial murder, you know, especially in some famous, like the yeah. Golden Gate Killer is yeah. a great one I can think of. Not a great killer, but a great uh, solving yeah. of a long, long case from the from the 70s and beyond. They thought they had him. They were pretty sure they had right. him. And, and it then was they, the DNA that... It was the DNA that cinched it. They just waited for him to throw out... Uh, a um, slice of pizza or a pop can I thought or it was something. a tissue that he blew his nose in. Well, any of it. Um, it also has allowed people to understand more about their own histories. Um, people who didn't know that they were adopted have right. found that out or, or didn't know that somebody wasn't their mother or father um, or that they were related to you, certain people. You can uh, swab your cat's ass and know what lineage that cat is. That is so gross. But you could do that now with DNA. There's a DNA. There is a cat DNA thing. thing yeah. yeah, they were on yeah, Shark, Shark Tank. Tank but that's that right. is so gross. Marco. Well, listen, it's part of the DNA. I, I don't think it's your at their ass you're going after. Well, whatever. Oh my like, God, listen. Marco. <laughs> okay. Let's it was get... so good, and then it just fell so hard so quickly. Listen, if you're into like DNA research and, and history, watch Finding Your Roots because yeah. that is on PBS. It's a great show. It's on Amanda it's wants on me Amazon. to swab my cheek, but I won't do it. Uh, well, I'd sooner you swab your cheek than your ass. But anyway. Okay. As a Taurus born on April the 25th, you are defined for your loving nature, your determination. Uh, you have always loved the feeling of being in love. Oh, interesting. You're one of those people who loves being in love. And of course, you love sharing that love with the world. You may be a little bit of a touchy-feely person. Uh, and with this warmth, you have earned close relationships and friendships. Wow, there you go. All right. All right, let's see how touchy and feely our list is today, Amanda. Renee Zellweger said that she... Zellweger? Bar- Isn't that how you say it? Probably, but how I always you said Zellweger. I say Zellweger. Well, I mean, that's actually how you say it. I do you just... remember Zellers? Were you around in Canada when we had yes, Zellers? Yes, but yeah. that's not Okay, important. anyways. She yes, said that she barely... said. <laughs> she barely had a dollar in her bank account when she went to the audition for Jerry Maguire. Oh, they all say they that. They all say that. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland said, I went to New York with barely $25 in my pocket. Not Damon and Ben Adler. My father was we were very in Harvard. famous. I my went to Harvard, but I had to drop out because I wanted to be a star. star. Okay. Anyways, but after the 1996 Tom Cruise drama was nominated for a Best Picture and was one of the year's biggest hits, the actress who had made her debut three years earlier in Dazed and Confused was officially a star. That's right. She had had... Yeah, she had a hit. Wait, she was in Dazed and Confused? 
Confused? That's yeah. Jo- Joey Fisher's in Days and Confused. Renee Zellweger's? Yeah, in- she had a huge part in it. What? I don't know. She I don't know. Did? Who, well, she was in it, I guess. I mean, she's a Texan actor, so it makes Maybe sense. she had just a small part. I thought it was Joey. That was Joey Fisher. The one who talks like this? Who wasn't chasing Amy? I don't know. Um, Anyways, she- you know who? You know who? Has that sob story? Not Renee. I know we're getting off topic, but Chrissy Metz, you always hear she had a 79 cents in her bank account or whatever it was. Before she got This Is Us? Yeah, before she got This Is Us. Not only was she an agent, but she had a whole arc on American Horror Story that nobody seems to remember. So yeah, I I get that you weren't like rolling in it, but come on. I know. Kiss my ass. All All right. right. (laughs) Let's get back to Renee Zellweger, however you pronounce her name. She followed... Uh, Jerry Maguire with the film One True Thing with Meryl Streep, the acclaimed Nurse Betty in 2000, and in 2001 received her first Oscar nomination for her surprise deft turn as a single British gal in Bridget Jones's Diary. And I'm glad to finally see an American doing a British accent in a film. Like, it's it's great. She was nominated again a year later for Chicago and won in 2003 for her performance in Cold Mountain. She slowed down for her output, output in the late 2000s, taking a break between... 2010 and 2016 when she didn't appear in anything before coming back with the third Bridget Jones's movie. In 2019 she was on the Netflix show What If and scored another triumph on the film as Judy Garland or in film uh, as Judy Garland in the film Judy for which she won an Oscar for best actress. She was born on this day in Katy, Texas in 1969. Uh, I don't oh she was in Dazed and Confused, right. but she's uncredited. She was background. Okay. Okay. She was Fair background enough. in Fair Dazed enough. and Confused. So maybe she didn't have a lot of money from it that It was film. Joey Fisher. Is that her name? Joey Fisher? Joey. Um, I Joey... Joey Fisher was, was. The one who talks like this. Okay, maybe. Um, Hang on. Let me find out what that girl's name is. Because okay. they are very similar. While you're doing that, I will do the Joey next... Adams. Joey Lauren okay. Adams. Okay. And I, who I think was in Chasing Amy. But they are very similar. They looked very similar back then, and, right. but Joey Lauren Adams has okay. not had the same career as okay. it turns Fair enough. out. All right. Shall I go to the next one, or do you want to do Dustin Hoffman? All right, I'll jump back in. Mm-hmm. Um, well, listen, the studio wanted Dustin Hoffman or Robert Redford for the mo- for the role. So either Dustin Hoffman or Robert Redford for the role of Michael Corleone. Like, come on. Wow. R- Dustin Hoffman or Robert Redford? I'd take Dustin Hoffman over Robert Redford that role. I- Yes, but yeah. come on. But Francis Ford Coppola got his way and cast the relatively unknown Al Pacino in the role. I mean, it's lovely that they found an Italian-American actor versus any of the, either of those two, immediately turning him into one of the biggest stars of the 70s. The Godfather was only his third film, but earned him his first of nine Oscar nominations in his career. Not bad for a guy that's not that smart. Uh, going on to appear in Serpico, The Godfather Part 2, Dog Day Afternoon, and Justice for All, Cruising, and Scarface, and let's not forget Scent of a Woman. After the failure of the periodic epic revolution in 1985, he took a break from making movies, coming back in 1989 with Sea of Love, and earning more Oscar nominations for Dick Tracy and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. He's great in Glenn Gary. They're all great in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Uh, in 1992, he won the best 
Best Actor Oscar for Scent of a Woman and spent the next 20 years or more playing similar loud mentor types in films like City Hall, Donnie Brasco, The Recruit, The Insider. He won an Emmy for the miniseries version of Angels in America. Most recently, he he received, or sorry, earned another Oscar nomination for The Irishman. In 2020, he was on the show Hunters that had a lot of publicity and not much follow through. It was on every bus. I tried to watch it. I tried. Well, and it came out right when the pandemic hit. So it was like people were ripe for watching it, but it uh, most people said it was awful. Anyway, he was born on this day in Manhattan in 1940. We lost director Bertrand Tavignier exactly a month ago at the age of 79, Amanda, one of France's most intelligent and thoughtful filmmakers. He began his education as a law student, but found he preferred writing film criticism, publishing a few film-related books before getting into making them himself. Hmm. After working as an assistant to Jean-Pierre Melville, he made his debut with The Clockmaker and enjoyed international acclaim, following it with The Judge and the Assassin, Death Watch, Clean Slate, which was nominated for a Best Foreign Film, uh, Foreign Language Film Oscar, and uh, Sunday in the Country, for which he won Best Director at the Cannes Film Festival. In 1986, or rather his 1986 film, Round Midnight, was about American jazz artists in 1930s Paris. Oh, that sounds cool. And won an Oscar for Herbie Hancock's musical score. He, uh... I'm a big pelican opening my mouth. I'm a a woman's legs walking back and forth. That was from that film. No, it wasn't. Okay. Anyways, uh, he later... (laughs) Poor Herbie Hancock. He 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 was such an amazing jazz musician, but we all know him from Rocket. I love Rocket. And never mind, he won an Oscar. He's fine. Listen, <laughs> this this director later made Captain Conan, The Princess of Mont- Montpensier, and The French Minister. His last feature film in 2013 was The French Minister. He completed the television documentary series Journeys Through French Cinema in 2017, his last credit as a director. He was born on this day in Lyon, France in 1941. I feel like that's the type of movie that... That Bill dreams about at night Jer- through French journeys through French cinema. Yeah. Like I feel like Bill goes to sleep and goes to his happy place, and and it's just it's just that documentary on a on a loop. That's the film that Bill saw at TIFF. Meanwhile, Bill's something saying something about hot young boys and yeah. being like, "Nope." No, Bill. That's the type of thing that Bill's like. I was at TIFF and <laughs> I was two seats away from yeah, the director. Totally, yeah, totally, totally. After his debut in the nineteen ninety three Allison Anders film Mi Vida Loca, Jason Lee became known for his collaborations with Kevin Smith, including but not limited to Mall Rats, the highly acclaimed nineteen ninety seven film. Chasing Amy with Joey Lauren Adams, who we keep talking about. And Dogma, which you and I watched a million times because it was one of the five films they played while we did a cruise ship contract. And on the. uh, I do like Dogma, though. On the crew channel, they just played the. It was that film that one where Kate Winslet goes to LA and Cameron Diaz goes to England. Yeah. Those two. There's a few. Holiday or something. Uh, Treat Williams was in something we kept watching. Well, that was the one TV show we could get when we were docked in... uh, Bahamas or something. Bahamas, yeah. yeah. Uh, Anyway, a former professional skateboarder. He had roles in Almost Famous, was pushed towards the romantic lead in Heartbreakers. He co-starred in Vanilla Sky as well in Stealing Harvard. Then in 2005, spent four seasons on the hit series My Name is Earl, for which he was nominated for two... That was in 2005? My God, I'm old. I thought that film... I thought that show was like still on or like just ended, for which he was nominated for two Golden Globes. He hasn't had many high-profile 
adult role since it ended in 2009 or in my brain last year, focusing more on his interest in photography, which he um, does pursue professionally. Though the rumor about town is that he's not so pleasant to deal with. Oh, spilling the tea here. And that's the real reason. Uh, Oh, I guess he's not professionally. It says his interest in photography, which he pursued professionally. So maybe he did not pursue professionally because he's, he's a... Pain in the ass. I have right. no idea. But in 2019, he did pop up in Smith's Jay and Silent Bob reboot. As of 2016, he no longer practices Scientology. Ooh, Good for him. That's the, not an easy radar. thing to leave. Yeah, it's not easy. Not to... an easy thing to leave. He was born on this day. Probably somebody in the TV world got him in. Right. He was born on this day in Orange, California in 1970. I get him confused with the guy from Jackass. You know the guy? They both have they always long t- teeth. What's that guy's name? They always talk about him on The Masked Singer. They always think... Um, oh, Johnny Knoxville? Johnny Knoxville. I get him confused with Johnny well, Knoxville. Well, you and know to be why? Honest, you know, because like, they both had beginnings that were not acting. <clears throat> they both kind of came, right. came at it for stunts and for... Sure. Like in Jason Lee's case, he was he was actually a well-known... Um, Heartbreakers, I think, was he skated in that. I'm pretty right, sure, right. but he was a well-known skateboarder. Right, so, yeah, well, I'll tell you this: I think I like Johnny Knoxville better than than. Well, Jason now that Lee. we've gotten the yeah. dirt yeah. on Jason Lee. Well, listen, Amanda, lover or hater, Talia Shire <laughs> began her film career in Roger Corman projects like The Wild Racers and The Dunwich Horror under her maiden name, Talia Coppola. But it was when her brother Francis cast her as Connie in The Godfather that she became famous, earning an Oscar nomination for playing the character in the 1974 sequel. Two years later, she earned another nomination for her most famous role as Adrian in Rocky, which she repeated in a number of film sequels. She's great. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was later in the films Widows. Windows, rather. Sorry, Windows. Uh, Bed and Breakfast. Coast- Not the Canadian show written by Mark, what's his name, Crawford. Widows? It was called Widows? No, Bed and Breakfast. Oh, it's, a, it's like a Canadian uh, for summer stock. Oh, but it Mark sounds Crawford. like a great, great show. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, she co-starred with her son, Jason Schwartzman, in I, ha- I Heart Huckabees and was a guest on episodes of Grace and Frankie. Most recently, she was in the film Working Man and she was born in Lake Success, Long Island in 1946. Hank Azaria graduated from ADA and worked on the New York stage while working as a busboy before film and television work took off for him in the late 80s. In 1989, he began voicing characters on The Simpsons. I don't think he was in the original, um, because it was just the the original members like uh, The Simpsons family proper that was on Tracy Ullman. I think he came in as soon as they made it a TV show. Because he had a great gift with voices, right. which he is actually still doing, by the way, more than 30 years later, having amassed six Emmy Awards for his animation and live action acting over the years. Um, he was in the films Pretty Women, Pretty Woman is what it's called. I sometimes say women for woman and woman for women, which I'm learning with audiobooks. Yes. I do it a lot, actually. He was in the <clears throat> films Pretty Woman and Quiz Show. Who was he in Pretty Woman? Do not remember him in Pretty Woman. Who is this we're talking about? Hank Azaria. Oh, who he wasn't in Pretty Woman. I can't I remember. Know. And Chris Show. Before co-starring with his ex-wife, Helen Hunt, on the sitcom Mad About You. I thought he was gay. Maybe he is. Okay. Uh, maybe he's bi. I don't know. But I think I thought that because of the birdcage, which we'll talk about now. Around that time, his performance as Agador in the runaway hit comedy The Bird Ca- Birdcage. I got to tell you, I loved him so much in that movie. The The... The... The scene where he's singing, she works hard for the money right. with a Spanish accent 
lighting candles barefoot is one of my favorite moments of that was probably at least somewhat improvised and it it makes me laugh every time anyway I love that just that little moment it's just a tiny little moment in that movie but I just loved it and anyway that earned him a SAG nomination uh, and it led to major roles in Great Expectations Godzilla Cradle Rock Mystery Men and Mystery Alaska he later co-starred with his college buddy Oliver Platt on Huff which was uh, and he was also in Night at the, the Night at the Museum movies. He also voiced Gargamel in the Smur- Smurfs movies. What a career he's had. Most recently, he was on Ray Donovan, Brockmire, and the TV movie, The Wizard of Lies. Now, let's get to some controversy because we all, that's the elephant in the room. While continuing on The Simpsons, he recently made headlines when he announced he would no longer be voicing the voice of the character Apu, as it had been interpreted as hurtful to Southeast Asian Americans. There's a great documentary called The Problem with a Poo. I haven't watched it yet, uh, but I maybe I'll watch it today. Um, and, you know, 30 years ago, it was completely appropriate. He, right. I think there was some sort of like, look, they have they have a, you South know, Asian, a South, South Asian character right. on here. Um, and, of course, played by Hank Azaria, um, which I don't know what he what he is. Is he Middle Eastern? I don't know what no, he is. No, I don't know. Anyway, he was born on this day in Queens. Uh, New York in 1964 but and and actually he pushes back when when the backlash against Apu first came out he actually pushed back pretty hard right um and I think took some time and some thought with it and he went to his call his son was in college and he went and spoke for them and actually decided to ask a lot of the South Asian people that were there and one kid said he never watched the Simpsons but he knew Apu as a slur Right. And that was really what Hank Azaria said, then it's time to stop. Yeah. We've got to stop this. And and so he changed his mind, which is a great example of you can change your mind. Right. Anyway. Anyways, Paul Mazursky began his career as a television actor in the 50s, Amanda, mm-hmm. and a writer in the 60s before graduating to one of the coolest filmmakers of the 70s. After writing on The Danny Kay Show and The Rifleman, he raised his profile while he created the show The Monkees, which was a terrific success for a few years, and led to his film debut, I Love You, Alice B. Tolkas. In 1968, his breakout film hit Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice in 1969 earned him an Oscar nomination for Best Screenplay and was followed by Bloom and Love, Alice in Wonderland, Harry and Tonto, and his 1978 masterpiece, An Unmarried Woman which was nominated for Oscars for Best Picture and Best Screenplay. I always thought that was a porn. Uh, He continued to have success in the 80s with The Tempest, Moscow on the Hudson. That was with um, uh, Robin Williams. And Yakov Shmirnov. And who was the woman in, I I saw her play Evita in Toronto. Um, Oh, that uh, I don't know. Maria Conchita Alonso, I think it was. I'll look it up. Okay. Uh, He also did Down Down and Out in Beverly Hills. I saw that at the movie theater. Moon over Parador. And a final Oscar nomination for Enemies, A Love Story. He finished his career with Scenes from a Mall, The Pickle, and Faithful, starring Cher in 1996 after which he directed two TV movies and a documentary. He returned to appear as an actor in the films Miami Rhapsody, Two Days in the Valley, and the shows Once and Again and Curb Your Enthusiasm. His last film was the animated hit Kung Fu Panda 2 in 2011, three years before his death at the age of 84. He was born on this day in Brooklyn, New York in 1930. This just in, Yakov Shmirnov, not on Moscow in the Hudson. No, he was. He was. For sure he was. I- don't see him listed here. Oh my God. Come on. 
Well, okay. I'll look that while you I do really the next thought one. he was, but then again, was they, it Maria Conchita Alonso? She was in it though. Okay. Yes. Um, maybe that's why they, you know, they hired Robin Williams to be what who <laughs> Yakov Shmirnoff. I think Yakov Shmirnoff had a small role in it. I don't think his role was as big as everyone thinks. I don't know. Was. It's not listed on IMDb. Anyway, Ella Jane. Yeah, he was on it. He played Lev. Okay. Yeah. But he, right. I, I think he just has a small little. Like, but he was the most chem- famous, and it still is probably the most famous Russian American comedian. So I think anything Russian American, you just. You, you need to have a minute. All, yeah. all three things. Anyway, Ella Jane Fitzgerald. Ella Fitzgerald was an American jazz singer, sometimes referred to as the First Lady of Song, Queen of Jazz, and Lady Ella. She was noted for her purity of tone, her impeccable diction, her phrasing, her timing her intonation and her horn-like improvisational ability particularly in her scat singing while Fitzgerald appeared in movies and as a guest on popular tv shows in the second half of the 20th century she also collaborated with Louis Armstrong Duke Ellington and some of her most notable acts outside her solo career were partnerships that included some of her best-known songs like dream a little dream of me cheek to cheek into each life, some rain must fall, and it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. In 1993, after nearly 60 years, she gave her last public performance, and then three years later, she died at the age of 79, uh, and her accolades include 14 Grammys, wow. as well as a National Medal of Arts and the Presidential Medal of Freedom. That is a life Do you know the story celebrated. of her and Marilyn Monroe, how Marilyn Monroe helped her career? No. You've never heard this story? Oh, Marilyn Monroe, they wouldn't let her sing in segregate. At the Macombo. It was a, it was one of the most popular venues in Hollywood. Frank Sinatra made his debut there. In like Hollywood? It, yeah, it okay. was like the place to be. Charlie Chapman. Um, Chaplin. Uh, Chaplin. <laughs> Humphrey like, who's Bogart, Charlie Chapman? Uh, Lauren Bacall. All those people okay, were great. always there, right? Fitzgerald Not was, the Elma combo, which is was in, in Toronto. Toronto no. and is still there today. Well, she wasn't able to play there because of her race. Because she was and black. And then uh, wow. one, of her, one of her biggest fans made a telephone call and said, I will show up in the front row every night if you have her there for a week. Right. And they couldn't say no to Marilyn Monroe. And so that's what happened. And That's a great story. She says, this is what Ella Fitzgerald said, I owe Marilyn Monroe a real debt. She personally called the owner of the Macombo and told him she wanted me booked immediately. And if he would do that, she would take a front table every night, she told him. And it, and it was true. Due to Marilyn's superstar status, that the press would go wild and talk about wild. being an ally yeah. Yeah. using your voice in yeah. the, and 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 remember Marilyn Monroe although she had some power certainly she didn't have as much as you might think right. um because of the star system right. because sure. of the Hollywood system she was, she a, was woman. a woman yeah. um but that's one little way that she made a huge yeah. difference in someone's career that's a great do story. you remember those commercials back in the day where Ella Fitzgerald would sing so high that it would break a glass they'd put a they'd put a, like a, a wine glass next oh, to a speaker yeah. Yeah, that and was her. That's where that phrase, can Ella sh- shatter glass came out, right? I don't There's, know that phrase. I think there was a phrase like that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> we don't say it in this house enough. I, I, <laughs> but that said, you know, someone had said, this can't be true. And he cranked up his um, stereo system, oh, had really? her sing, had a glass next to the no. stereo. The glass did not break, but he heard a boom from his kitchen and all the glass windows on his cupboards shattered. You're kidding no, me. No, I remember hearing this story and it was like incredible. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyways, well, That's what, a, crazy. what a way to, you know, uh, finish off uh, April 25th, Amanda, with Ella Fitzgerald. Quite a day. Yeah. And uh, listen, Joey Lauren Adams didn't have a birthday today, but we certainly talked a lot about her. Thankfully. So let's not forget Joey Lauren Adams. Okay. Do, do you want to do her <laughs> voice one last time? 
Jellyline Adams, who last was seen in the United States of Terra as the character Pammy. All right, we'll see you tomorrow <laughs> on more Born on This Day.